1: We should talk about what the hell is going on with Titanfall slash EA slash the thing you messaged me about at 8 o'clock this oh. morning.
2: Look, hold on. Hold on. Just so... <laughs> it's, it's gone. It's dead. It's, it's gone. gone. It's dead. I mean, the to be fair, memory. though, do you know what's even worse than uh, finding out that a game that you were really looking forward to is being cancelled? Mm-hmm it's not knowing that the game existed and then being told it was cancelled before it ever had a chance to shine. Because now I'm like, my mind is conjuring up what it could have been. And that's actually sometimes worse. Because if they come out and say, oh, um, we've just cancelled this uh, brand new XCOM game, but it was actually XCOM meets Cooking Mama, and it was like um, <laughs> a, a romance simulator in, um. delivered in uh, a, a gacha style format. Like, like, yeah, like, like, if it was if it was all of that, then I'd be yeah. like, nah, I, I'm not really that fussed that it's gone. But if it was like, oh, this brand new XCOM three has been uh, silently deleted from existence, you're like, oh, but. But but XCOM three, <laughs> but but we were so XCOM. close. Yeah, I know, right? Thing, yeah, like, that's always the case
1: with things that get cancelled. Is that you end up making the perfect version in your mind, and it's like things with like oh, yes. scale bound or whatever, where it's just like, well, they could have just put it out. It would have been brilliant, and we don't, yeah. we have no idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the thing that came out about um this Titanfall spinoff is that it was set in obviously Apex is already in the Titanfall universe. Yeah, but it was Titanfall Legends.
2: It was called, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: Titanfall Legends, and it was going to be this whole sort of single player Titanfall game, but with Apex characters because it's like, the thing is. They said this years ago when they launched Apex, they were like, they look, did. guys, it's not Titanfall. We get it, but it's in the universe. And then all the like business minded stuff was like, well, clearly they're going to get back to that because that lets them sort of put the plug the Battle Royale excitement yeah. into a thing. And then they do that. And then, I mean, EA would have been the ones going like, well, we'll let you do the Battle Royale. And because you're doing the Battle Royale, you can have
2: a nice little after Yes, I and know. Then they right? Swing in and go, no, you oh. can't. I don't understand as well because it's like Apex Legends isn't exactly like a uh, a Povo game is it like it's no. like it's making money hand over fist still even to this day it's like yes it's gone it's it's gone through like its uh, controversies here and there with its mm-hmm. how much it costs people microtransactions to buy all of the special event gear and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's making a ton of money so why would they not want to carry on that franchise doing this is like they even put out a tweet recently which was <laughs> widely mocked with them saying that they were the best at single player games do you remember that <laughs> and, like, yeah. and now this is them going full circle and just being like oh yeah we're gonna kill our own single player well, games I thought,
1: like, they, I thought they'd learned their lesson like we had the there was that whole thing where they were on reddit and all the surprise mechanics and all that kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. they, in 2013 when they were like single player games are dead. And then, more recently, you had Jedi Fall in Order, and it was like, okay, maybe they've realised. Like, and it's yeah. respawn as well. Like, they're one of your best teams, so yeah. like, why not let them do the thing they're really good at? Um, but yeah, so I don't know. At some point, EA is gonna EA, and I guess they want more EA Football Club or whatever the hell that next FIFA yeah. thing is gonna that, be. So. I'm just, I'm just yeah. really
2: sorry for you personally because <laughs> I know that you championed <laughs> Titanfall Two as one of the greatest uh, games, and it took me a while <sighs> to get onto it because of the fact that I just was Time a bit 2, slow yeah. on the up, like Titanfall Two, was slow on the uptake, and mm-hmm. it that game was sent out to die sandwiched Sorry. between battlefield and call of duty as a mm-hmm. first person shooter with a brand new ip behind it you would you knew what you were doing with you that yeah when, um,
1: when you play like a, like a turn-based rpg and there's a character that just doesn't have enough health for whatever the next attack yeah, is yeah, and yeah you revive yeah. them and they get hit again and you revive yeah. them and they get hit again <laughs> yeah. and it's just like i'll just let you stay down at some point because every time <laughs> i bring you back up you die immediately that's yeah. been the history of titanfall
2: that's really, really sad, man. But um, just so that people don't have a clue what we're on about and uh, listening oh, to yeah. us rambling, this is the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. One it of is. our best intros yet, I'm afraid. I think my friend, I actually because- genuinely
1: forgot about doing an intro <laughs> there. Yeah, the entire podcast. It's, uh, I'm just going to that's Jules Kill. I am indeed. Uh, we are recording earlier than usual. We've got to squeeze some stuff in because I've got a radiator man coming. But he's just letting me know he's coming at some point today.
2: He's a superhero that goes around Gateshead.
1: <laughs> he's dropping by. So uh, so we're trying to do a little bit of an earlier recording. But yeah, massive thank you to everybody for sending in all their questions across the Twitter mm-hmm. and the Instagram. Um, and one of the first ones that I wanted to get to was from Pinky about Titanfall. Um, oh, well, there we go. But yeah, so I thought we might as well open on that because we knew we, sure. you were talking about that as soon as I was conscious this morning anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was sad because it was like, I, I usually look forward to my Yong Ye videos. Uh, mm-hmm. Every single time when I see his stuff, they're always really well thought out. They're broken mm-hmm. down in really nice ways. He's got facts to back him up and he just, he's just he got a, such a smooth, buttery delivery. Yeah. But that was one of the times that I didn't want to see one of his videos because I was like, <laughs> no, why? I was just getting into this. I know. And but unfortunately, it speaks of a wider problem that's going into the video game industry as a whole because there's been recent layoffs a reshaping of ha- Halo is now going to be uh, rebooted on the Unreal the, Engine. The, the start Gotcha. there's like tons of studios that are closing down or are on the brink of doing so this mm. was meant to be the resurgence year for the video game industry because it was like we'd had COVID, we'd gone mm. through the pandemic we'd seen these small developer units bunched together to work however they could to make mm. impossible realities uh in video games come true and now we're back and we've got all of the funding back again and people are spending more and pushing more and it's like oh this is the industry that's dying and it just makes me realise that oh yeah we're probably are going into like a, a global recession again now because of all the maybe, cost of living yeah. stuff so it's like the money going into it seems less like of an investment for people mm-hmm. which is a real it's shame it's a weird
1: thing because I, I feel like a lot of live service stuff was invested in across the last couple of years because they knew <laughs> people were at home and they, there were massive spikes in um, you know player numbers and just the amount yeah. of like, pi- yeah. uh, time people were putting into multiplayer and maybe it's just a reaction to that but at the same time like the fact that it's so widespread I mean I saw Knockout Cities having its final final season this morning and that was extremely yeah. successful yeah um, and i guess for it to get nine seasons is far more than the avengers is getting but then almost every live service is shutting down like it's very seldom that, uh, that one is actually able to keep going at the minute yeah
2: um
1: but and i don't know how much that is a, a pandemic thing like a post-pandemic thing um or whether it is just the trends in the industry like i mean i i'm not keeping up with any live services anymore like as yeah. a quote, and i don't know anyone who keeps up with more than one no. or two anyway
2: it's it's that's the problem with them though is that they've um, all engineered themselves to be this thing that is a time sink it is mm-hmm. like and you you can't have more than one because they're designed to only reward the player that logs in every single day mm-hmm. and grinds the hell out of every single optional and daily mission mm-hmm. this is it's like a live service model is a brilliant thing on paper but in the long run ironically it doesn't have it has a very finite lifespan unless yeah. you are able to generate new and interesting content and we will talk about the new fortnite event crossover that just <laughs> came out that we dropped this morning because Junji that's, Ito. Th- that that's how you stay relevant yeah. you just go oh, mad totally, yeah. you just go mad with it you just go like okay cool we're going to get every single fan base from every single mm-hmm. reach every single niche group we're pulling into our main game and that will keep it alive for mm-hmm. at least a couple of years more mm-hmm. like for those of you not in the know uh, Junji Ito is a manga artist that does incredible sort of horror and macabre stuff in fact his Netflix show has just launched and I weirdly Ooh. enough I, I'm a huge fan of his work, mm-hmm. but I'm not actually loving all of it so far. Right, okay. There's like, there's out of the seven or so um, episodes that I've watched, the... I've probably only enjoyed about half of the content that's on there. The rest of it's been a bit too like, and then it ended. It's like, cool. Uh, so resolution being nothing, but I have to say <laughs> that the opening and closing tracks of the thing are bangers. They are okay. such good tunes, mate. I would recommend you listen to them. Just for that, I, like, I
1: love like, those like, obviously, I only know him as an artist, so I like all the uh, the artwork that, that was doing the rounds back when he was yeah. rumoured to be helping Kojima with the next Death Stranding. I don't know if that is, I don't think that's ever happening. Um, but I'm sure Junjito was also involved in Silent Hill. I just know that name has been bandied around a little to bit. To be
2: fair, like it's one of those people like it's like Guillermo del Toro it's like bandied around the horror sphere as being a a linchpin of just Mm. this is expressive creativity this is a reason why you should be excited about the horror genre or just the fantastical uh, in itself Mm -hmm. um but they've just announced that in Fortnite, they're doing a crossover event with him. Now, one of the stories that is in the, um, the Netflix um, show that's just come out mm-hmm. is that there's these balloons, right? I know this sounds, doesn't sound scary, but it does get scary eventually. Okay. They're, they're giant balloons of your face. Imagine a giant Scott <laughs> just tail me. Just, the face. Yeah, yeah, just
1: me flying yeah. around.
2: Yeah, just as a balloon, just like floating around. But here's here's the twist, my friend. Here's the rub. At the end of it, instead of a string, there's a noose, and it's trying to hunt down the person who's it's you. The balloon is trying to hunt down you. Your balloon is hunting down you to That's hang great. you. It's right. It sounds great. It's like modern day balloon hunt, balloon fight. Right. Right, okay, but it is terrifying, right, so yeah. to not only be hung by a balloon or hung in general, but also, why is this in a kid's game? And let's face <laughs> it, Fortnite is definitely aimed at I kids. I that's definitely in there. Like, the actual balloon thing is definitely in there. Dude, take a look at the images. They've oh got the God, balloon with funny. the noose. They've changed it from a... a, a, a there's There must be a, a contents and guidelines thing that they're adhering to, because now the balloon is doesn't have a noose at the bottom. It is like a sonic ring. It's like a solid ring. And I'm pretty sure that the definition, like to make something past censorship, you can't show nooses in some countries and stuff like that because of the symbolism that comes with it. But- a circle on a rope is slightly different, so therefore it will pass by most senses. Imagine sensors. the
1: board meeting there to have for that. I'm just like, we, we, yeah. we need to get this in Fortnite, guys, otherwise people aren't going to watch this show.
2: But it's like, what? Okay, look, I, I can't understand why nobody has forethought the news headline that's going to come out when this drops of thousands of kids around the world hang themselves. That is not an image you <laughs> oh, need for your game. That is a PR no, disaster. No, no. That's like, because, yeah, like I said, like they, because uh, I, I keep thinking,
1: like, how can they possibly keep going? How do they maintain their yeah. And I recently they just got Geralt and Doom Guy, and like they did that whole thing My Hero Academia, and then they did all the Dragon Ball stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. like it is becoming like all encompassing. Like and
2: it's just like, but it's then the, the like, Smash Bros, a video game, yeah, is it like, it's beyond that, isn't it? Like
1: of like IP, yeah. And it's like, but I didn't, I did not see Junji Ito's show getting rolled into that no. at all. And it's a weird thing. But now it literally just is branding. It's part of a marketing mm-hmm. rollout. Like if you're mm-hmm. designing a marketing plan, it's it. Like, well, how much money can we put into the Fortnite, um, you know, uh, tie-in? We need like that yeah. for a couple of weeks or something. Um, but yeah, a weird add-on.
2: It is indeed, because that goes back full circle to how are these live service titles operating. Mm. This one works because it's drawing so many lives from so many different IPs together. (laughs) If you're focusing down on just one aspect of your game, no matter what you apply or add into it or tweak, it Mm. will run dry eventually. You will always see diminishing returns as Mm. players just go, well, what's the end game? What's the point of this? And Fortnite exists and thrives because they just go, there is no point, but here is the next thing. And that's the... like, yeah, just keep going Pizarre.
1: and do one of the bigger events or something some crossover thing we've got some live music for you I, I think yeah. they do it the best out of everyone like I, like, I do think that it's genuinely really impressive um, and our own Dan Durkin and uh, James Dows play Fortnite almost every day I'm always getting pictures of them winning together every day
2: it's bizarre because it's a game that has so many IPs that I love, and I, I, I watch footage of people playing it. But mm. I have never—I think I've played three games in the entirety right. that it's been out because it just doesn't appeal to me. That's not, no. its just not what I want to play. But I will gladly watch people play it. I think mm-hmm. that it's really fun as a spectator sport. But mm-hmm. still, utterly mad. Um, so yeah, what, what was Pinky's question, by the way? Just so we know, go back uh, to the, the actual, original the phrasing.
1: Question, from Pinky was what the actual monkey fighting flock is up with the Titanfall <laughs> news. So uh, yeah. So we've gone from <laughs>
2: Titanfall to balloons that hang kids. I feel like that's a natural. <laughs> Progression it's for the Fridays, yeah, no, right. And speaking of uh, progression, let's move on to our next question and yeah. go over to Instagram, where I ask people uh, what they want to ask us. And we got two. Max B, will we ever start voting with our feet instead of complaining about poorly released games?
1: Wow uh, it's it's hard, right? Because mm. I mean, I think that like some stuff that is just like patently broken doesn't. I mean, I remember like recently, what was that Necromunda game, like hired gun? Oh, the like, High Gun, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like that looked solid enough, but then at launch it was just completely broken. So the word was kind of mm. out that like it just wasn't worth the money. And I remember I remember a, a sizable backlash to that. And that's a weird one to pull out of the ether. But I feel like a oh lot no, of you, the, no, you,
2: no, you just looked at me and you thought Jules is a Warhammer fan. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's punch him in the gut a few times. Yeah, go for it.
1: Go for it. it yeah, makes you think of the Macabre. But I think in regards <laughs> to um, stuff like that, it's like you have to play it to know that it's broken. And if something yeah. is popular enough or marketed market it well enough, you're already in before you realise the problems with it. Um, I do agree though that it is a massive problem. Like, I, I absolutely hate the modern reality of you get a game and it's broken and you go oh well I can't wait I I look forward to the patch then like we've done we talked about this on the podcast before um, about how twisted that is and how like stupid it is about you get excited for a a fix like a patch Mm -hmm, like I've got Forspoken which is an absolute mess of a video game I don't think it's like, that's horrific. a shame I, do you know
2: what I, I, I know that I was like very harsh on the dialogue and stuff like that but I thought yeah. that the action and stuff actually looked okay so I'm actually it quite sad that it's not done it looks better than it plays well.
1: yeah it's, uh, I think it opens really well like, I actually really like the prologue but I think it does fall down the stairs over and over and over again after that yeah. however that game's um, resolution and performance and everything is terrible it's like 720p on 60fps on the performance mode what? it's terrible it's really blurry it just looks like S looks like absolute hell why and so, would you really you know, decide that and so like I got a patch stick the other day and I saw it was updating on the PS5 and I was like, oh, maybe they've made it, they've made it HD now. Maybe it's yeah. like really clear. Yeah. And then I Googled it and it's like, no, actually it makes it worse. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. It makes so it worse. Apparently it makes what? it worse. So I'm just like, I'm still going How? through. How I know. It it's it just blurry. It's You know when you play like, if you ever played like a big AAA game on a Switch and it's really blurry because they just have to lower the resolution to make it yeah. work. For whatever yeah. reason, Forspoken looks like that. Some of the character models are in better resolutions than the environments, but everything is just blurry. It just looks like I, hell. Right. I yeah. tell
2: you what, if you're going to make a game like this and it's going to be as bungled as it is, please do not give the media and punsmiths at large an excuse to just change the name of your game slightly to express how disappointed they are. Because mm-hmm. forespoken, forsaken, more like my friend. <laughs> I feel like it's it just I've don't do it stuck to with us. It now. I think that my I'm,
1: that game. I mean, that's a whole separate conversation on just how like getting it and then realizing what an abomination it is. I think in regards to the raw technical performance, um, yeah, we could do with something that does sort of. Like and like a dedicated website that says, isitbroken.com. Yeah. That's sort of go actually not there. a bad shout. I know. And it, everyone can just sort of go on there. And I, remember, I always go on, I don't know about you, if your internet drops off, if you go on downdetector.com. But I oh, yeah, yeah, there. to see if other people are. And just yeah. see if other people have said, like, oh, actually, yeah, problems yeah. in my area. And I think it's something like that. It's like, launch day, is it broken? Like, you know, and you, just get, you get an immediate readout on whether it actually is functional Ted, or not.
2: But this is the problem, isn't it? It's like there's like an interconnected web of, of other moving parts because you have... Yes, we'd want to tell people straight away, day one, is it worth getting Mm. because it's broken or not? Mm -hmm. But you can only do that if you're given review copies early enough to assess Mm. if it is. And the review outlets usually um, have NDAs in place Mm. that usually come with, when you sign this and get a copy of this game, for review, you accept that day one patches are incoming. Sure. So you can't even tell people that it's broken day one because if you do, then they'll say, well, no, no, we, we did tell you that a day one yeah, patch was coming. So you can't outright everything. say that it's broken. It's mm. like there's so much wording in these NDA contracts that we have to uh, deal with mm. that are... They're absolutely BS, by the way, half of them. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I showed somebody one that had already passed and they were just like, this is non-enforceable. Like you realize that half of this stuff, it's like the um, Dungeons and Dragons thing <clears throat> where they say like, yeah, well, you can't make money off this. There is no legal copyright way that they are allowed to enforce you, uh, stop you from doing this. It's no. like, but I digress. It all comes down to this thing of you can't really vote with your wallet when you're not given full transparency within the industry. Yeah, like that's the, a really good the point. The moment the pre-orders existed, that broke that <laughs> trust there because you basically said, hey, look, just, just accept that the game is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I will say that I did a little bit of research before the pod. Mm-hmm. Pre-orders as a whole have nosedived in the last maybe five years. Um, there are certain tentpole um, franchises like your sports games, your wrestling mm-hmm. games—they usually do very well on the pre-orders because people accept that they're going to go into the cycle no matter what. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like a standalone titles, pre-orders have gone way down. Like apparently, the pre-orders for God of War Ragnarok, the super special editions were mm-hmm. like next to none. It was right. down to, like it was the regular editions. They pre-ordered very well, so it's usually stuff that has either tracked well in the past, that has a good sort of trust record. They will get good uh, mm-hmm. pre-orders, but for the majority of games coming out, there that offer pre-orders like your Sonic Frontiers and whatnot, they all just <laughs> like they'll get like middling to low.
1: Uh, I wonder ones. if just the, the general idea of like I said, like marketing is like the thing is, is that it's, like you think about the steps that got us here, like that whole idea of like pre-orders were a massive thing across the 2000s. That was like mm-hmm. the big issue of the day. There was the whole thing about day one DLC and the fact that the like the file sizes. You're not adding anything to the game. You're just unlocking parts that are already there. And then, like, when Bethesda stopped, stopped doing um, early access codes to their reviews, and it was just, like, day one reviews, that yeah. fundamentally changed, like, it, it plays into the hype thing, because it's like, well, I need to get this to see for myself, or I'm just going to get this because it's what I've been looking forward to for months. And then it's like, well, does that work? Like you said, if pre-orders have nosedived and people are just buying stuff off Impulse, then no, that we won't en masse vote with our wallets yeah. or whatever, because they're already winning. Like, it's like, you need something yeah, you're, that is you're, you're not full information. Yeah, and it's like, like you said, you don't have enough money. Like on the uh, on the review, the early access side, um, or just on some general sort of way of collating, is your game broken? Okay, my game's broken. Unless we literally talk about it, it's very rare that there's a there's no site yeah. really known for that. You can kind of get something that blows up on Twitter. Maybe there's like a, a video, an image, or something of like this thing isn't like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. and um, a lot of images of that being absolutely absolutely broken. But that game was the best selling Pokemon game like ever or something. Yeah. So it's just, it didn't get in the way of it. Um. I think it's, I think it sucks that we just have to accept, well, yeah. for the most part, that games are broken Um. until enough of a stink is made about it, like with everybody all at once kind of thing.
0: But There'd bringing been- that together <laughs> was hard.
2: There have been a few examples um, where real life controversy before the game has come out has also uh, shaped the Mm. sales and impacted the game. So people have voted with their wallets by being given information about the people who make the game and stuff like that. Like I know the current Justin Roiland stuff uh, that's Mm. going on meant that um, high on life sales are, like, way down, and right. they've said that there's no sequel or something like that. There's some oh, rumors really? that, I that, that it's all going to, like, go around that. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, you've got the J.K. Rowling stuff with the mm-hmm. um, Hogwarts Legacy, people choosing not to play that at all, boycotting the entire thing, understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got everything with Ubisoft, with the way that they yeah. treat their employees and mm-hmm. how they've come out with that. Like, what was the, who was the recent person that said that it's in your court now? Yves um, uh, Guillemot,
1: uh, that was when so, he was, uh, yeah, when yeah. the Ubisoft workers uh, had a strike and there was the whole general sort of conversation of like, okay, if you want to revive the company, yeah. the ball's in your court
2: weirdly enough though loads of people from that were just saying like well we don't want to support your company now because this is how you treat your employees so why should we support you it's it's and unfortunately it is affecting the employees in general in that sense because they're not going to they're going to experience lower returns and Mm. therefore may have be downsized and moved on to other projects and whatnot Mm. but that is voting with your wallet it is but it only comes from being given the information to do so and the more that the video game industry keeps itself uh cloaked from reality mm-hmm. the less informed we are and the less informed we can make people listening to these the podcasts well, or to our content
1: yeah the think as well as like thinking about um, like digital storefronts like it's like if you can just get a user base plugged into a digital storefront then you control the pricing side of it as well mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. that idea of like I just I think that it's worked largely in their favor. It's not like every single company worked together on this across the last few years, but all the steps that have got us here has created this like system that just works in their favor in regards to massive sales and a very mm-hmm. a, a very little communication between people as to like, okay, you should avoid this for now um, because it is absolutely on fire. Most mm-hmm. of the time, like and I guess I, I definitely fall into this, like if I'm excited for something, I just want to play it. You're telling me it's available, I'll go buy it. I'll see what it's like. Um, and so that is like part of the problem. Sometimes I'll wait if something's an absolute disaster, but, um, but it's rare. I mean, I'll only, I'll only really wait if it fundamentally doesn't run. Um, yeah. As opposed to like, I'm like, well, I want to make my own decision on it. And I guess the roles that we play, like we have audiences kind of thing. I would yeah. rather like anyone who's listening to us know what the, what the deal with the game is anyway. Um, but even before I was doing this for a living, I was always like too curious. And I, it is just it yeah. is just people at the top taking advantage of that curiosity um, and trying to fix stuff later. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet still doesn't run very well. Like they're never really? going to fix that game. Um, they put some That's... patches out, like some of the um, like stuff in the distance where it was like moving at like, one frame a second. Maybe now it's two frames a second. Like they've done a little bit, but they're not going to overhaul the textures or anything. Like that game just still looks like ours. Just there's not they're never going to fix it. But yeah, I would champion anyone to launch a proper website, like a down detector, like a how long to be like something like that where it collates is it broken and literally yeah. just as, yeah. as midnight breaks I guess it'll be in Australia first um, people check in and go like okay this one's good lads right this one you yeah, should yeah. play it yeah, yeah, watch yeah, out yeah. for that thing in uh, the second level or whatever but um, we'll see um, next question from Karel Typeshaw who says lads with PlayStation VR 2 seemingly going to be another lukewarm product is it time for Sony to return to the handheld space also have any of us played Chain Echoes want give that, to give that game a shout cheers to the best gaming
2: pod in the world well thank oh, you very much bless. for the
1: lovely kind words now uh, yeah we you mentioned Chain Echoes. I think last week or something. I'm not going about you that You mentioned too much. it. You mentioned I did it, mention uh,
2: it twice in two weeks. You, you mentioned should play it, so a, It's really good. I, I, it's on my list, mate. It's on my list. I've been very <laughs> busy recently, but yes, I yeah, yeah, will we put have. it on my list.
1: It's uh, yeah, it's like a crossover. I mean, I think on the back of the box it says something like it's a crossover of Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger, but that is literally what it is. Um, and yeah. I've only played the opening bit, but I think it's it's very very nice. Um, but I recommend it if you like old school RPGs. For PSVR2, where do you come down on that? I can't believe it's actually out next month or maybe this month. I think they've done a horrific job of marketing it, and they have a whole new you know platform that's coming out yep. and you'd barely yep. even know it.
2: So what are we looking at in terms of the base price for this new PSVR 2 Uh let me have a good like, it, it is excessive, isn't it? It's very, very good like high. Yeah now, because, I, like, my my, yeah. my hands my experience with it has been that I was actually chatting to Ash about it because mm-hmm. obviously she works PlayStation Access, so they got hands on with it and they were playing Horizon Zero Dawn's um VR game on the nice. bit Oh watching. yeah she said actually yeah. Mm. She said it's absolutely amazing. Like it's got like haptic feedback, so that she actually mm-hmm. felt that when she was pulling the the, the bow string back, mm-hmm. that it actually felt resistance on it. Which is probably it very is incredible once
1: You actually get hands on, yeah.
2: Yeah, like I imagine it's amazing. But at the same time, I had no idea that it was releasing so soon. It seems like the level of content that's coming out for it straight away does not seem to be impressive it's another effective hmm. console let's just think of it like that yeah that is coming out with next to no titles on they've it they've
1: got like it's so so price wise it's 550 dollars it's That's so much that is so I know. much um and so i guess maybe they'll change it or something uh, yeah. and it's not backwards compatible although quite a lot of games do have the um the next gen quote-unquote update where you can just put yeah. some stuff in like super hot i think it'll just it'll just work like uh, walking dead saints and sinners and things like that um, but yeah, they've got Horizon: Call of the Mountain. They've got like stuff. That, I guess like the fact that we're talking about it now, like people do know about the Horizon game. But mm-hmm. I just feel like overall VR, it's like I just don't. I don't. I don't know if I ever see it breaking through. I feel like it is just fundamentally niche. Like well, just the way because I have a PSVR, I got it for mm-hmm. No Man's Sky. And I'm just like, when you wear, when you play things in VR, for me, they're fun, they are fundamentally isolating. I'm like shutting the world off. Like even if I'm, yeah. my loved one is in the room with me or whatever, it's just like you have to sort of do that. And it's not that like the experiences aren't unique and, and fun enough, but I've not had a VR experience where I've thought like I want to be in this world more than the other. Like it's just one of those things where I end up going back to regular console stuff after a little while.
2: Well, it, it doesn't help as well that the publishers themselves that once championed the PSVR or VR in general mm. have also abandoned it. So, I mean, like, you've got a good case of Resident Evil Village being... Um, like yeah. Resident Evil 7 was built from the ground up with the PA, with the VR in mind. Mm-hmm. But then when 8 came out, it's like, no, it's just a first-person shooter that can be Pretty played much. like that if you mod it or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like P- the VR in general was such a huge hit. It really had that same vibe as Guitar Hero. It yes. was expensive to start off with. It was limited in what types of games that were available to it, mm-hmm. aka it was either that or rock band. But it was so much fun to play that it became mm-hmm. a talking point of the household. You would show people it. It would became the most fun toy that you had at the mm-hmm. time. But because of the fact that it's like, apart from a few breakout games like Beat Saber and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. I just don't feel like VR has made that next jump into where it should be. Now, no. I could be wrong in that they could release... Titles down the line that truly incorporate them again. But mm. the fact that Sony itself is approaching the PSVR two by saying separate games for the hardware. We're not mm. looking to tie in. We're looking to just have these games for this. This is like the Virtual Boy. It's like you can't play <laughs> the games on anything less than that. And I it just hope that it's some... not as big a disaster.
0: But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director, Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking.
1: yeah they have some crossover i just brought up the launch lineup they do have like like,
2: it's just some isn't it it's like no one's that seems that no one seems that that invested in doing it anymore it's really it's a weird thing like they've got like
1: resident evil's getting a psvr 2 patch like gran turismo 7's gonna have one i remember with the original psvr you could like Wipeout in vr was really fun That is one of my memories um because it's like you are literally just in that ship having those Mm. races but i don't know i just don't know how if people have like a fundamental disconnect with like okay i have to get up off the couch and stand and move around and do this thing yeah it's a fan it's just not going to be for everyone also i I think with psvr2 like it's not wireless which i that was a deal breaker for me because i was like i just mm-hmm. want something i can just slip on if you want it to be this like easy if i'm switching between games and then i switch to a vr game i don't want to have to like change my entire living room just to do that so like um yeah the fact that it's still a wired system i think for me i was just like oh this isn't because the oculus quest is um wireless at this point and it's sort of yeah. like i would rather just be able to chuck that on
2: i always think as well that it's like it's it's prohibitive, of, uh, prohibitive as well to some gamers because mm. if you have um, a disability or um, you don't mm. have uh, a spatial awareness in that sense or mm. have uh, the inability to use two controllers at once, you can't play that game. There is no. no, There is no way that you can do that. I mean, there are companies out there that are making controllers and stuff like that to allow people to do it, but mm-hmm. I feel like if Sony invests in this and pushes forward... They're almost making gaming unfair and i and mm. I don't think that that should be like it goes back to almost like the difficulty um in video games question it should be accessible for all and mm-hmm. I don't think that Sony will ever invest a hundred percent of his resources into something like this when mm-hmm. they know that a large part of their um gamer base who aren't able to use these things for whatever reason would be saying well you've just made gaming inaccessible and that that's a really good point I mean they yeah. do
1: have like yeah there is the accessibility controller that they're working on but I don't think yeah like you said I don't think they'll be able to make VR work in the same way it's more like yeah. a console uh, controller kind of thing but yeah that's a really good point and I think that like just overall there are a lot of factors that just don't make v- like you know VR as a general thing that engaging like that yeah. appealing I guess I'll see how we- how things respond or whatever I know Josh is like a huge fan of VR and he's been looking forward to this he was pre-ordering mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and everything so like he'll be diving on i think we'll put some videos and stuff together across the month for it um but yeah i'm curious to see how this thing lands because it just feels like you know all the marketing was done on the playstation blog like there's a couple of videos there's some Call of the mountain stuff
2: gotta love that blog mate it's, it's apparently where, where all of the things drop but no one goes to it no right? it's
1: who's sitting reading a, a text announcement for something like it's like get on announce this better um but i guess we'll see how things go anyway across the uh, across the month
2: indeed indeed uh, we're going to move over to the Instagram now and uh, from Locks London we have a question directly for you Mr. Scott Telford um, yeah. how does Scott find time to be married and seem to be up date with the latest games and shows and I think that you have detailed this before but why don't you uh, tell people a day in the life of Scott about what time you go to bed and what time you wake up and how much video games <laughs> you squeeze in between
1: um, so point the point one uh, the, the solution to this problem is just marry a nerd all you want to do is marry someone <laughs> yeah, yeah. who has the same life interests as you like I mean uh, someone who you can play games through with and it's. something single player that they'll be happy to watch with you. Um, or maybe they'll want to like start their own save and then you get to sort of revisit things from a different perspective. Maybe you catch something in a level that you didn't beforehand. Um, So there's that. I mean, me and my wife are currently going through Persona 4 because she's never been through that. And I was like, we need to go through Persona 4. Um, But yeah, a day in my life. I mean, I've gotten better with the, I used to stay up until about two and three in the morning, but that was because we used to work like, especially during the pandemic, it was like 10 till six. So I could sort of still get my six hours, my seven hours. Um, And I still stand by a seven hour thing. So I'll stay up until about one now. Um, yep. And then get up at like, well, like half seven ish, whatever. It's not great in terms of the time uh, thing, but I get in, I do nine to five. So it's like, yeah, I just sort of stay up later on at night and try and get through as much stuff as possible. But the general solution is definitely that it's like this lifestyle is supported as is yep. like my wife is like um, has a whole crafting business and loves to write and loves to um, just make stuff in general. Um, And play games and read comics and everything too. So it's like Scott, Scott,
2: do a do a plug. What's the crafting business called? Get a plug. Oh, it's it's
1: well, she's got a few of them. The biggest business is baking without borders. Um, There's one on Instagram called Make It Through. Um, There's Make It Through Two. Um, which is all like her brother once said when they were watching uh, Lord of the Rings, and uh, he was like, Oh, um, if, uh, if Frodo can get if Frodo can make it to Mordo, we can make it through this. Oh, um, that's really is, cool. And so she was like, The make it through collection has become this whole thing on Instagram of like different um, companies and different sort of brands and stuff. And her going like, like Undertale, it's like, If um, you know, if the kid can make it out of the underground, then you can make it through this. Oh, awesome. Yeah, go check out Make It Through. It's called Make It Through 2 because uh, I think there's another one that had the same name, but we were like, Got No, you. the make it through name is too good for a crafting yeah. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so go check that out um, for a cheeky plug.
2: That's um, really really cute, man. And I, yeah. and I think that's like so. People again. I don't know if people realize this. We don't actually get to play that many video games in our day-to-day life. We actually no, have to I'm not. Do we're so not playing much, during office time. Yeah, no. we have to do like so much writing. For you, it's like freelancers, management, just mm-hmm. running the gaming channel itself. Just people so to be going. This, can we write about this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. If, you, if it's this. <laughs> and there's and there's very little time that you can actually play these games. So it's a shame because sometimes you'll have like a review code sitting in your mm. email, and you'll just be like, oh it's downloading. I can't <laughs> play. It yet though. I'm gonna wait for <laughs> the like. You're watching the clock tick down like Bart at school, and the yeah. hand starts going backwards. You're like, come on, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we do stuff on like, on like lunch breaks or whatever, yeah. but um, but yeah, we don't like yeah we don't play stuff during the day unless it's hopefully for streaming. Which we'll, we're going to attempt to bring streaming back. Yeah, we'll make that work again, um, especially because there's just so many games this year um but yeah next question from uh, mouse hans <laughs> <is maybe> like <laughs> little old mouse Hands, who says hope we're doing well i'm currently freezing in texas y'all make podcasting seem so easy what would you say is the biggest hurdle of starting your own podcast also where is the what culture food podcast
2: i know oh. ideas
1: like cereal in a cup
2: Oh, mate, I can't believe that he's uh, ratified <laughs> cereal in a cup. Hell yeah, well. yeah. Is, okay, so we're going to. Did, see, did do I this. talk
1: to you about this? That you can, There's a range of cups. No, you, maybe you sent me it. There's a range Wait, of is? cups on Amazon that are like professionally made cereal in a cup cups. They have you like are little, kidding me no like literally it's a business I was like has someone heard me and, and, and made this because it's like a plastic cup but it has like a filter in the middle and you put your cereal in the middle and your milk around the outside and they slowly filter into each other so that when you drink you get a bit of both and I was like I this this was literally what I described on a previous ah, podcast wicked
2: yeah choking hazard in a cup I mean that just sounds amazing <laughs> I can't wait to sign me tomatoes, up yeah. uh, what's, what's next you're going to have like a self buttering toast that also has oh the knife gosh. on the edge so you can poke yourself in your eye when you eat it yeah great you one you had a little, a
1: little robotic arm that like came round the toast and buttered the toast for you? This isn't
2: Wallace and Gromit, mate. We're not invested into these crazy, <laughs> fantastical things. Hey, Just you want to know what my, what
1: my life was like day to day. It's, it's yeah, more Wallace true. and Gromit than... Or I wish it was more Wallace and Gromit um, than then currently so,
2: so they're freezing in Texas. I mean, how cold Apparently. can it be
1: over there? How
2: I don't know. I mean, know. I I did, maybe they're going through a cold spell. Go- Google. Google right now. What's the temperature in Texas? Weather. Right now. I want to okay. know because I doubt that it's uh, less than 8 degrees it is It is 6 it is degrees at this current time. But well, I stand corrected.
1: That's ten AM in uh, in the UK, but um, wow. Yeah, to be fair though, that, um... that is
2: that is actually a really significant uh, temperature drop for them though, because mm. they're used to sort of like thirty five degrees minimum a day. Right. So it's just kind of like, yeah, that is actually really cold for them. That's like <laughs> that's like a, that's like a mild day here in the UK. Yeah, that's just
1: that's just regular for us. Hence why we're recording this podcast indoors while still it yeah. up. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah. But yeah,
1: in terms of uh, what was the biggest hurdle to starting your own podcast? Um, I guess distribution. Like the we go with yeah. Acast because um, you want to make sure that you get your podcast out there. I've heard loads of different platforms. Um, in general, but you go with ACAST, they're a paid monthly one, um, but they do help find sponsors for you and help, um, you know, they get in touch with the Spotify's, the Apple's, whatever, and they get the podcast out there for you. Um, but mm-hmm. we do pay monthly for it. Um, and so there's that. That's a bit of a push and pull, but obviously like you hope that you make enough for it to offset it. Um, mm-hmm. I would recommend ACAST. Uh, they've been awesome with us and like all the sponsorships that we have all go through them. They're all from them. They're all them recommending them. Um, and like, yeah.
2: I'd say as well that it might seem super, super obvious, but audio, 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 you've Mm -hmm. got to make sure that you have got yourself a decent set of mic. Uh, Recently, I was watching some uh, D&D podcasts and they usually have a really nice setup and um, they have like a professional studio and they Mm -hmm. use some incredibly expensive mics, Mm -hmm. but they took it on the road. So, they only had their microphones that came from laptops and from their phones oh, they'd God. managed to sync up. And the drop in quality, it dropped the immersion as well. Like, they're mm. great characters, really, really fun, uh, very entertaining. But I did feel that the lack of quality meant that it was very hard to listen to because it's almost been standardized across the board now. You have a certain sound, a rich tone that comes mm. from mm. certain types of mic. So, I would say that an investment there, minimum. I'd say between 150 to 200 quid. We use right right now for these is the Mm. Rode Procaster microphones. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, they are XLR cable ones. Cheers, man. I mean, uh, to be (laughs) fair, I I took it it when I went from the office. I was like, right, see you later. I'm just having this one. (laughs) Um, This is uh, straight to XLR, so you'll need a mixer. Uh, for if you're going to record to your computer, but the overall package, 250 quid, it might sound like a lot, and I know that it is for some people. But if mm. you do make that investment, it will make the quality of your production that much better. And at I would the end say... of the day, that is going to be the first thing that people recognise. Yeah, definitely.
1: That's definitely true that you want to get a good high fidelity mic. I do find that because I use a snowball when I'm recording from home, mm-hmm. um, which is like a cheaper alternative, and you can get that set up quite nicely. Like I just have it like, in between some blankets and stuff as like yeah. a sound dampener thing. Um, I would say is like if you just want to get something off the ground. Um, um, quite a lot of the, it depends where you're recording as well. If you think about the location that you're in, um, maybe you can find somewhere that isn't as echoey um, and maybe that'll be better off. Um, I do think that some of the microphones that are just built into phones are quite good now. Like yeah, they can be the quite good. Um, especially if you're just starting out, um, and you just don't have the the money to go and get like a big roadcaster mic, and um, mm-hmm. you, could, I mean, I used to do when I before I got hired at Walk Culture, when I was just interviewing bands and stuff, um, I used to just set my phone up with a, it was like a directional mic app yeah. thing, um, and that came out quite nicely. Um, so sometimes if you just want to get something serviceable, just because I would like encourage getting something together, and then you've got yeah. something to review and be like, okay, that needs to be improved. I, I want to yeah. stutter less here or whatever it is. Um, yeah, from that.
2: I, I think as well that just having uh, looking at your direction of your podcast, it, it, keep it simple. That is mm. the thing. Like, I've seen so many podcasts fall um, at the first hurdle because they try to do everything straight out of the gate. You can't build gimmicks, you can't build uh, in jokes, you can't build. Uh, community stuff without getting there. If Mm. you go out of your mind like, right, we're going to brand this, this is our catchphrase Mm. This, this. you're overthinking (laughs) it too much Mm. and also try and stop your podcast from being it's a cooking show but at the same time they're juggling and every time they drop a ball they have to do this spicy wing challenge, like it sounds brilliant on paper but in practice you're adding too many elements, so keep it as simple as possible. Mm. The UBP works because it is questions coming in, we get to talk to you as if you were here with us you're answering your questions, Mm -hmm. it's simple It's exactly how we would do
1: it in real life as well.
2: Exactly, yeah. But if it's like, I do see some podcasts that are like, okay, but we're going to roll a dice at the end of each question or (laughs) we're going to do this and that and the other. And it's like, lads, you are making this overtly complicated and it doesn't often work the way you want it to. So therefore Mm. you've got fumbling and issues with people trying to get scramble to fill that dead air that you've created mm. because of it so yeah keep it simple that's I'll biggest say device. as well
1: um, don't worry about you know like because there's always that thing of like okay I'm being recorded oh my god I need to be completely on point I must say the perfect thing at all times don't be afraid to just be human and if you yeah. find yourself stumbling for a thought or something just steer into it just be like oh, mm-hmm. what, what, what am I trying to say okay it's this yeah. Like, yeah. that's completely fine no one cares like people yeah. stumble people talk it's fine
2: we um, have many times where Scott and I because we've been doing this for so long we have mm. less of them but if uh, I need a hand. I'll ask Scott a question. Like, he's a mm-hmm. human. He's there to help me. He's not there to hang me out to dry to make himself look better. Mm-hmm. So, if he was like, What's this thing I'm looking for? I don't know this. I'll quickly Google it. Or I'm like trying to bring up a fact mm-hmm. as he's talking about it. So, we've got something to, to check against. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, trust your co host if you're doing it with another person.
1: Also, like, I mean, unless you're doing it live, you have editing time. Like, that's a, yeah, that's a big thing to fall back on. Like, true. you can always be like, Oh, I can gut this entire thing. Like, oh, that didn't work. That doesn't add anything. It's actually snappier if I, if I come in three minutes later whatever um yeah just just know the tools that you have available to you but ultimately mm-hmm. it is about a, a level of comfort that will come if you just do it if you just keep if you just set something up and do it it doesn't need to be as immediately 100% professional as you know people that you're influenced by yeah. feel um but just just do it just get on with it and then like you'll see what you've got
2: Totally agree. And speaking of great partnerships, like Scott and I, let's move over to the Instagram space where we talk yeah. to Alano or Ella. Yeah, Ella. Ella Alano. We didn't.
1: Uh, we didn't address the What Culture Food podcast. I oh. would love a WFP. I don't think oh, there's, yeah, yeah. there's not one in the works. But if <laughs> we ever do another What Culture channel, maybe it would be a food one.
2: That would have to be a video podcast, wouldn't it? with yeah. us eating half of the stuff that we made, the horrible concoctions from around the world. <laughs> See, that would take time and effort. But I would be up for that. I would be up for that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're going to move over to Alano or Ella Alano's uh, 1984s. Question, as I'm playing Goldeneye on Game Pass, is Natalia the most annoying escort mission? (laughs) And say it with me, kids, of all time. Of all time. So this is yes. the thing, I mean, the, she is pretty bad, and you've just got the uh, Switch version of Goldeneye as well, didn't you? I've got both, because the, the Xbox, uh, I wanted to uh, compare them. I don't really like how it feels to
1: aim on Xbox, because they tried to make it all okay. in-down sights and stuff. Um, but I'm going through it on uh, Switch. I just did the uh, the bunker, whatever you call it, mission yesterday. Mm-hmm. The one where you've got the, I think it's called Alexi, the guy with the glasses, and yeah, you have yeah. to guide yeah, yeah. him around. I thought that was a, that mission sucked, because he just wouldn't <laughs> do the thing I wanted him to do. Um, and then I had to take a photo of a thing on the wall, but I couldn't equip the camera, and I was like, oh. What What is this? But then you had to get out of the main menu and go from there.
2: It shows you how bad, uh, as a video game trope, that escort missions are when mm. you can only find lists that say these are the best ones, as in, like, there's <laughs> so few of them that we've put them into a list because yes. it's like... Uh, and, you know, the likes of uh, Yorda from... Is it Yorda fr- from Yorda and Ico? Ico, yeah. Yeah, like, and Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. They usually rank up along among the top of the best ones. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the worst, I mean... <sighs> I remember uh, that, uh, when oh, uh, any-
1: Whistler in <laughs> Blade 2. Oh, I've,
2: i never played that. It, you don't need to. <laughs> I just remember that whole
1: thing where he, he pops in, he's like, let me get, me get me to the other side of the sewer's blade. And he's just like, he's hobbling along with his shotgun. And Amazing. I was like, he's got a shotgun, use it.
2: <laughs> the, um, uh, uh the... AI allies that you have from Daikatana they're really oh, bad God. as well and you can, <laughs> you can end up killing them with friendly fire as well and there are guns in that game that ricochet and explode off of everything right. so it's quite common to kill your, your mates by accident
1: that's one thing in GoldenEyes that it lets you just shoot everyone I was just gunning down yeah. Shane Bean in that first <laughs> yeah. level I was just gunning down everybody um, which is just hilarious because you can just break the scripting of the entire level and also that game lets you finish levels even if you haven't finished the objectives you can just know, go to I know that's the end mad isn't it you just go yeah, just I'm oh done. hey by the way you missed that thing and it's like well I guess I'll go do it all again." like you can just make a save point wherever you want on the switch one which i don't think you can do on the xbox Um no. but yeah like just yeah that natalia thing we've had in tons of lists we had we used to do a lot more because it was in every it was the spec ops line of its day for yeah, a while on the yeah. website where it was just like I, the worst I, mission ever
2: i think what made it so bad though was because of the fact that there was that delay between your actions and her following you and it mm. always used to time up with whenever the bad guys would enter the room so mm-hmm. she would be there for standing quite literally between you and the enemies that were shooting you and mm. they had no issue shooting her to get to you <laughs> and you had to be like oh please get out of the way yeah and there was no there was no way to tell her to like stay here or move around this like i know that yeah, people that's got annoyed like I, i'm interested how they're going to approach it with ashley in resident evil mm-hmm. 4 remake because mm-hmm. well i i actually quite enjoyed resident evil 4 um because of ashley's involvement mm-hmm. because it actually gave me a um that sort of panic when it was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's been grabbed. They never out and out killed her. So it was never like a game over. They would obviously True. walk towards that exit thing, but it made mm-hmm. that time's uh, pressure feel very like intense. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see how they do that now when they seem to be so focused on action, running and gunning. Like, have you seen the new footage that dropped? Yes, I was just going to the... ask you if you've seen that. yeah, Dude, it looks amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really hyped for this game. So it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting how they apply those sort of updated action graphics and gameplay like... mentality to uh, Ashley,
1: there's like the realism stuff as well, where like I've forgot entirely forgot. Someone was sharing it this morning. There's that bit where you play as Ashley and you can scream at the zombies and they all burst oh, like in yeah. the original one. I was like, are they going to keep that in the remake? Like where she's like got the power of like that dude from Condemned 2, like uh, powerful uh, Keen vocal cords. Final question from The Bright Side of History who says Champions of Men I must know are your gaming collections just enormous does the industry provide review copies that are loners or even do you prefer not to shelve them so you can share the love with the other folks industry barely provides well not physical review copies anymore anyway it's very few and far between getting digital these days too
2: the last physical copy that i remember getting was persona 5 that is the last Ooh. one that i got um and it was a good one to be fair
1: people won't know that when when you get given a review copy it's it's just a plain pressed disc in like a like a blank jewel case or it used to be yeah, you can't trade it on itself. or anything like that yeah you can't trade it or, or you can give it to a friend obviously but mm-hmm. um it, it's not yeah it's, it's very like this is this factory sort of pr- pr- printed thing the disc doesn't have any graphics on it and it's in a plain case um so you get a bunch of them. Sometimes if it's Sony first Sony first party you do this where you get like um or you used to get um like a physical package with something mm-hmm. in like some nice graphics. Mm-hmm. Like God of War came with like a bit of artwork and stuff and so did Horizon. Um but I guess actually God of War was after Horizon so there is that. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, they're very few and far between. Like God of War uh, Ragnarok like the other month was just a digital code. Um like most of them are just codes. It's very very rare that you get anything physical. Um but still I guess that means we have big libraries.
2: Yeah, the thing is is that it helps um them deliver the content to you on time to make sure that it's not like lost in post or whatever it's a great cost saver for them because they don't have to send you any physical media whatsoever Mm -hmm. um and also it's just another means of of like limiting what amount of stuff you have lying around (laughs) your room like my game collection is limited now because ever since i moved over to the to more pc gaming Mm. my ps4 library of games is the biggest outside of my playstation 1 retro collection that i've got um But it's mad because I don't have any physical games. I haven't Mm. bought a physical game uh, for my PC or any other PlayStation, Xbox, whatever I've got, or Mm. Switch for ages. It's all just been downloadable codes. Like, I Mm. I have a very minimal... trash pile as it were <laughs> but, the, but the problem with that is is that as we were talking about with digital storefronts my game could be deleted at any time it could be removed from it could not receive support it would blah blah blah, blah. like mm-hmm. it's I don't own any of the games that I own at the moment well
1: I've been getting back into physical stuff just because I realised that there's a place nearby that'll let me trade them in again so I was like okay I can nice. get back into that economy um, and some of the trading prices are quite solid if you sort of play something fast enough where it's still classed as a brand new game within like a month or so obviously yeah. it depends how well it's received Spoken is not going to sell very well I'll probably get 50 <laughs> pence for it or something. But, um, but i traded stuff in to get forespoken because i was like i'm not going to spend my you know much money on this but i do want to play it so mm-hmm. um yeah so that sort of got me back into getting physical with the knowledge of i will trade this on later which you just don't yes. have with um digital but yeah i guess overall if we look at like the amount of like things that we've redeemed the amount of licenses that we have like for those games it, yeah they are massive libraries um but the whole thing with like the amount of storage space that consoles have you can only really have yeah. about five or six games installed <laughs> anyway
2: because we were talking about that ages ago, about how um, it might have been weaponized by the Call of Duty makers, oh, yeah. um, the massive file size, to basically push other games off of your console um, mm. or your hard drive to make to basically say, hey, look at this massive investment of time that you spent downloading it. Mm-hmm. You should only play me. And as <laughs> a level of really subtle and oily... Uh, marketing. That's actually quite brilliant. It's horrible, but it's. If that was the, the truth, time. that
1: would be like yeah, evil genius like like rolling their fingers together. Territory yeah, man. Of uh, we can just own the entire system.
2: The only downside, I'd say, that to having the um, the code review copies that we get is that mm. we can't share them uh, amongst mm. us there are the option I guess to create a shared Steam library between mm. us but then you go into who has access to it should they have access to it at all times because of the well, fact we... and if somebody's playing that then are they going to affect other people because it's like NDA mm. stuff as well so
1: we used to have a shared uh, PlayStation account that we used to use it in the office but it, only one person can use it at any time yeah. and you can't yeah. see what someone's playing so there were, I remember when we had Spider-Man and all of us want, every single everybody obviously wanted to play Spider-Man yeah. and we'd all started separate saves on. It, but we would message and be like okay what time are you going on right okay i'll be on it for about half an hour yeah okay yeah. I'll, I'll be on it like and it just didn't work and then at one point it was like i think it was one in the morning and i was like no one's going to be online now so i'll just yeah. boot it up and then rich messaged me and the uh, back when rich was here and he was like you just booted me off spider man he's like i was in oh, the middle of this fight mate and, uh, and i was like i'm just gonna get my own copy of this thing yeah exactly um, at, just at that point. To share this amongst everybody it's not working <laughs> um but yeah the uh we do get uh, thankfully sent a lot of stuff um yeah we'll, we're gonna try and get back on like review stuff i think just in general the industry has more stuff to talk about this year yeah, as opposed to like there weren't that many uh, touchstones or whatever across last year um, but we'll see how the year rolls yeah, out yeah well
2: I mean with the industry being uh, potentially precarious as well mm. we might as well make it uh, make hay while the sun shines I yes. believe is the expression let's get all the reviews out there before next year turns into an absolute <laughs> starving mess of where are all the video games we were promised oh, last year gosh.
1: yeah at least we've got stuff right now there's Dead Space there's Hi-Fi Rush there are lots very of lovely true. things very um, true. but yeah speaking of lovely things this has been the Entire Planet Podcast the UBP the UBP, UBP the, UBP. UBP, the UBP. UBP I've been Scott yeah. Tailford that's been due Skill.
2: Yes I have been And remember you can go every single Thursday To check out where to submit your questions Either on the Instagram where I'll be there At RetroJ but the O is a zero Or you can go to Twitter where Scott will be putting out His tweet, his call all for the questions. questions Which will be <laughs> at slash LP89
1: Yeah And also thank you once again for everybody for sending in their Various questions, um, take care And we'll catch you all next week, goodbye
2: Bye, was that an
1: LA Night reference by the way
2: Yeah It was
1: not but I can <laughs> Yeah <laughs>